I grew up. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 15. I want to begin with the first verse. I would like to ask you to stand in reverence to the reading of God's precious word. The Bible says, and it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment. Then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Absalom said, Moreover, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment, so Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Tonight we want to think on this thought from this passage. How to keep the devil from stealing your heart. Father, would you help us to rightly divide the word and to preach in the power and demonstration of your Holy Spirit. And for your help we ask in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Thank you for standing tonight. You may be seated. In this passage, we see Absalom, the son of King David, rebelling against his father, David. And Absalom obviously wants the power and the authority and the throne that belongs to David. The problem is, Absalom, being the king's son, he's also a lying, ruthless, conniving, deceitful murderer. And most everyone in the kingdom knew it. So Absalom's going to have to change what people think about him to steal the hearts of the people of Israel away from David. And the first thing he did in verse 1 was he adjusted his image. He he had horses and chariots and he hired 50 men run before him. And Absalom, when they come to the gate and all this fanfare, they would look at him and they would say, Wow, Absalom doesn't look like a murderer to me. He looks royal. He looks regal. He looks kingly. In fact, in our opinion, his daddy David comes riding in on a donkey and here he's coming in with horses and chariots and all this fanfare. I'm telling you, Absalom wowed the people by um, adjusting his image. And then verse 3, Absalom began to accuse the king to the people. Absalom said, your matters are good and right, but there's no man deputed of the king to hear you. In other words, the king doesn't know, the king doesn't, fa- doesn't care, the king is not fair. 
And he says, there's no one, the king doesn't care one thing about hearing you. But if I were made judge, I would make sure that everyone would receive justice. In other words, Absalom has weakened the people by accusing the king. And then in verse 5, as the person would begin to bow to the king, or the son of the king, he would grab them by the arm and lift them back up, and he would begin to appeal to their pride and say, Listen, you don't need to go through that bowing business, Dad, Daddy, King David. He wants to be Lord over you. He wants you to be reverencing him. He wants to be the king. You be the peasant. But if I were king, we'd do away with this bowing business. If I were king, you and I would be buddies. We would be friends. You, you could do what you want to do, and you could uh, determine what's right and what's wrong for your life. He wooed the people by appealing to their pride. And verse 6 says that Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. With these antics, he stole their hearts. He shortly led a rebellion that turned the men of Israel away from King David, and King David is driven off of the throne, and the hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. Men such as Ahithophel. Ahithophel was David's right-hand man. It was his trusted advisor, his counselor. Uh, he went up with David to the house of God and they worshiped together. And now Ahithophel has defected on King David. Men such as Shimei, which at one time followed David, and now he's cursing him and throwing rocks and stones at him. I want to say tonight, these were people uh, that the devil or Absalom stole their hearts I do not want my heart be stolen away by the devil from serving God. Man, so now wait a minute, Preacher Darren, once saved, always saved. You're right, my soul is saved. But my heart, I have a heart of flesh. It's wicked, it's divisive. Uh, who can know it? And my heart is subject to being stolen away. And so I want to know tonight what I can do to keep my heart from being stolen away by the devil. And there are three men uh, in Israel that ha their hearts were not stolen away by Absalom. And I just want to look at them tonight real quick. First of all, in verse 13, in verse 13, there came a messenger to David saying, the hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, for we shall not else escape from Absalom. In other words, David says we're going to have to flee the throne. And verse 24 says, And lo, Zadok also, and all the Levites were with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God. Now, here's David running, fleeing, escaping to a place of safety. He does not want a war at this point in time between he and his son, between he and the people of God. It's easier for him to leave. He does believe this is the judgment of God falling on him for sin that he's committed. And as Shimei's throwing stones and cussing him, one of his men says, how dare he treat the kings as such? Let me take his head off. And David said, let him cuss. Maybe I deserve to be cussed. And as they're going, here comes Zadok bearing the ark of God. 
And as he's bearing it, the Bible says in verse 25, the king said to Zadok, carry back the ark of God into the city. Now the ark of God represents the presence of God. And uh, David is leaving because of Absalom's rebellion. But David says, listen, the presence of God is welcome to stay back at Jerusalem. I don't want to take the ark of God away from its rightful place. I'm praying for the peace of Jerusalem, amen. And so he says to Zadok the priest, I want you to go back. Look what he said. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. Verse 26, But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here am I, let him do to me as seemeth good to him. Verse 27 tells us that David's told Zadok to go back, return to the city in peace. And verse 29 says that Zadok and Abithar carried the ark of God back to Jerusalem and they tarried there. I'm thinking tonight about Zadok. What about Zadok? He will not leave the ark. Uh, David told him to take it back and Zadok's heart was not stolen away because he, served, he faithfully served with the priest. Number one tonight, you know what you need if you're going to keep your heart from being stolen away? Number one, you need a place of service. The place of service was more important to Zadok than anything Absalom said or anything that Absalom promised. Zadok had a place where he served God. Can I say something to you tonight that will help you? You need to find yourself a place of service. Get in a good Sunday school class. Get in a connect group. Get involved in the choir. Lord have mercy, get in the altar choir. Do something for God. There will come a time that the devil will come to you and say, you know what you need to do? You need to get out of here. I'm sure there's probably been some of you that the devil has said, you need to get out of there. You need to just mosey on down the road. And I've had it said to me, amen. But if you have a place of service, when old Absalom or the devil says, you need to get on out of here, I'll say, hey, I can't leave. I have a place of service. I can't leave. I've got a Sunday school class with five young people in it. I can't leave. I've got a Sunday school class filled with teenagers. I can't leave. I've got a choir that's got 50 people in it that's dependent on me to be there. I need a place of service, and I can't just walk off my post and leave any old time I want to. That place of service will cause you to become attached and will keep your heart from being stolen away. I can't go. I've got 10 people in my connect group. I need to lead them. I need to be a witness to them. I can't go. They need me down there at the house of God. Honey, I'm telling you tonight, if, you, if the devil says you're not needed, look at me right now. I'm telling you, you are needed and you are wanted at Bethel. If you're hungry, if you're in debt, if you're discontent, come on down here. We want you at Bethel, amen. That's the people we're looking for, people that are hungry, people that are dissatisfied with the world, people that says, I want what God wants for my life, amen. Find you a place of service 
and the devil won't steal your heart away. Amen? That's Zadok the priest. Then I read on down in verse number 30, verse number 31, no, verse number 30. David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet and wept as he went up. He had his head covered and he went barefoot. And all the people that was with him covered every man his head and they went up weeping as they went up. Have you ever been broken? And one told David saying, now y'all listen to me. Right at the time that David's driven off the throne, broken by the rebellion of his son, broken by the exile he's gone into, broken by his past sin, here he is broken, he's covered his head. Look with me in verse 31. To add insult to injury, somebody, hey, hey, all hands on deck. Listen, verse 31. And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. That was his best buddy. I'm talking to somebody tonight. Your best buddy has defected on you. Right when you needed them the most, they've turned coat and run. Ahithophel has joined the rebellion. David said, he's praying, Oh Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Did you know that it says about Ahithophel that his counsel was as the words of God? David says, because of his rebellion, turn his words into foolishness. Verse 32. Now this is just what God does. Woo, thank you, Jesus. This is just what God does. Just when your best buddy and you're at your lowest moment and your best buddy has defected on you, it came to pass, thank you, Lord, you're helping me, that when David was come to the top of the mount where he worshiped God, behold, Hushai, the archite, came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head. And will y'all look at me for a second? Hushai, four times that I could find, and there may be more, but I studied pretty hard. Four times that I can find that Hushai, the Bible says, he was David's friend. And ain't it just like God that when you feel that person that knows you best, that you've worshipped with, you've counseled with, you've shared your heart with, you got close to them. And stand up, Brother Caleb. And somehow, when you've got close to them, turn around. When you've got close to them, they've come up from behind you and they've slapped you on the right cheek. Now listen, to use my right hand to slap him on the right cheek, I couldn't do it from in front of him. I can only do it when I'm behind him really close and everybody thinks I'm with him and that's my buddy. That's when I hit him. That's when I hurt him. Somebody's done it behind your back and you turn around to see who hit you and it just crushes you and you want to hit him back. You want to bust them in the nose. And God says, turn the other cheek. Just keep on going. David, thank you, Brother Caleb. David's best friend has turned against him. And as David turns broken, God sends him a friend. 
Ain't that just like our God? To send you a friend that you hadn't really even examined or thought about. Somebody that'd be closer to you than a heath of hell even thought about being. And it was Hushai, the archite. Look how he showed up. My Bible says that when he showed up, his coat was rent and earth was upon his head. He was grieving. He was broken for what had happened to his good friend, King David. Amen. You know what it means to be a friend to somebody? Friends spend time together. Friends communicate one to another. The Bible says that Abraham was the friend of God. The Bible says that Moses communicated with God face to face as friend to friend. I'm going to tell you why Absalom could not steal Hushai's heart. It's because he had a place of secrecy. He had a friendship with David. And he would not give in to Absalom's lies and his persuasions because he was a friend of the king. You know what you need? A place of secrecy. Now you're not losing your place. You've got two hands, hopefully. You're going to hold one hand here and you're turning to Psalm 90. We're coming back to this text. You're turning to Psalm 90. You need a place of secrecy. Here's a man that stood before King David. Here's a man that stood, Psalm 91, sorry. Here's a man that stood with King David. When Absalom came and said, hey, Hushai, David does not care about you. David does not want anything to do with you. Hushai would say, what are you talking about? I just talked to him this morning. David told me he loved me. David told me he cared for me. David knows what I'm going through. I ain't listening to you, Absalom. You're a liar, liar, liar with your pants on fire. I'm not listening to you. If you're close enough to God and you're his friend, you're going to hear what he's got to say and you'll not listen to the lies of the enemy. Hey, man. Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. What about that? Let's go back to our text. Here's a man that's got a secret place Spending time with the king. The Bible says, Hushai has come to David. And he says, David, I'm going with you. And David says, listen, if you go with me, it's going to be a burden. Hushai, I'm asking you to stay in Jerusalem. Report to Absalom. God will use you to defeat the council of Ahithophel. Absalom is going to take Ahithophel in as his right-hand counselor. You be the other counselor that gathers right beside him. Are you my friend? Can you stand in the middle of a crooked and perverse kingdom and still be a friend of Jesus? No matter who the king or the president is, 
Can you still be a friend? Woo, what's happened to me? Can you still be a friend of Jesus? Look with me now. We're back at 2 Samuel 15, verse 37. So Hushai, David's friend, there it is. David's friend came into the city and Absalom came into Jerusalem. I want to say something that's going to help you right here. You need a secret place where you pray and seek God's face. You need a secret place where you get into God's Word and you study its pages, its precepts, and its promises. Amen. When the devil comes and tells you his lies, you'll say, hey, listen, devil, I hear what you're telling me. But my friend has told me different of what you're telling me. Right here, I've been praying. I've been talking to him. He's been talking to me. I've been reading his word. And he ain't lied to me one time. You'll not have your heart stolen away if you've got a place of secrecy where you're getting close to God. Amen. He, he knows. God knows what you're going through. And God knows. And he cares what you're dealing with. And honey, let me tell you something. You may say, well, if so, he's not doing anything about it. Honey, he's already done something about it, and he'll continue to do something about it. Amen? Thirdly, there's another character here. I'm thinking about what happened. Absalom is now the ruler, and sure enough, Ahithophel ends up giving foolish counsel to Absalom. Hushai calls him out on it. And Ahithophel takes his own life. In fact, everyone that stood with Absalom ends up in the long run, they're going down. You know what happened, Absalom? Look at 2 Samuel 18. Absalom chased his daddy down when his daddy tried to get away and tried to flee from him, tried to avoid him. Absalom kept pressing and pressing and pressing the issue. And when he did, now war's broken out. And the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter number 18, verse 6, So the people went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was in the wood of Ephraim, where the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David. There was there a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men. 20,000 men of Absalom's died. What happened to the liberty he promised you? What happened to the justice he promised you? What happened to the freedoms he promised you? See, the devil is a liar. He came to seek and destroy. He came to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what his mission is. That's what he's wanting to do. In chapter 19, King David returns back. Verse 18, the Bible says there went over a ferry boat, I like that, to carry over the king's household and do what he thought good. Verse 24, here we come to our third character. And Mephibosheth, you remember Mephibosheth? He was that crippled boy of the house of Saul living down there in Lodibar who was crippled and lame on both his feet, living in exile. King David went for him lifted him up, brought him to lay before the throne. Mephibosheth, why would you look, said, why would you look upon such a dead dog as I am? He said, Mephibosheth, I'm going to extend you grace. I'm going to let you 
Glory to God. I'm, oh, help me. I'm going to let you eat at the king's table continually, son. You're, it's just going to be like you're one of my very own. When David went off into exile, Mephibosheth was crippled. Naturally, it's not easy for him to go with David. He sent his servant and said, hey, can you saddle me up a beast and I'll go with David? He said, yes, I will. And he ran down there and he slandered Mephibosheth to David. Look at verse 24. The Bible says, And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king, had had neither dressed his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed unto the day he came again in peace. And it came to pass when he was come to Jerusalem to meet the king, that the king said unto him, Wherefore winnest not thou with me, Mephibosheth? Can you just imagine what the servant is saying? Hey, Mephibosheth is a son of Saul. Now that you're on the run, David, Mephibosheth is trying to take the kingdom back over. He's defected. He's with Absalom. He wants you gone. Look with me. Verse 26, he answered, My lord, O king, my servant deceived me. For thy servant said, I will saddle me an ass that I may ride thereon and go to the king because thy servant is lame. And he has slandered thy servant unto my lord the king. But my lord the king is as an angel of God. Do, do therefore what is good in thine eyes. I got to thinking about this. The Bible says in verse 24, look at it again. Mephibosheth, that crippled boy, had not dressed his feet, he had not trimmed his beard, he had not washed his clothes. And I asked my wife yesterday, I said, is there anything that you can find wrong with dressing your feet, putting shoes on, cutting your toenails? Is there anything wrong? She thought, what? Is there anything wrong with it? She said, no. I said, what about somebody trimming their beard? Is there anything wrong with trimming your beard? She said, no. I said, what about washing your clothes? She said, I washed your clothes this morning. I said, that's not my point. I appreciate you doing that for me. I, I, sometimes I do it myself, but I appreciate you doing that, honey. Thank you so much. But is there anything wrong with washing your clothes? She said, no. I said, God, why in the world is Mephibosheth showed up in this shape without any shoes on? His toes have not been clipped or filed down. His beard's grown out full long. He, he's not even washed his clothes. David sees him in that condition. Here's what he's saying. What you need, thirdly, is a place of separation. Mephibosheth is saying, David, you're my king. And you're out there in the wilderness fighting the battle, living in exile. And here I am back at the palace where you left me. How could I live the life of luxury? How could I continue to have my nails done and my, my, my beard trimmed and a, a nice robe to put on when my Lord the king is out there suffering? And this is what I thought. He's saying, David, I want to live as much like you as I can. Jesus, my king, I want to be as much like you as I can. He said, this world doesn't mean anything to me. I want to be like my king. And yet David looked at him. And just continued to doubt his situation. 
He says, David, David says, Mephibosheth, why didn't you go with me? He said, my servant lied on me. He, well, he's told me that you're not true. Well, it's not, it's not right. But, but look what he says. He says, he slandered, verse 27, he slandered thy servant unto my Lord the king. Watch this. But my Lord the king is an angel of God. He said, David, you've never done me wrong. When I was living down there in Lodabar and I was in exile under the sentence of death, you came and lifted me from my place and gave me life at your place. You've never done me wrong. You're an angel of God in my sight. And here's what he's saying. And if you think that I should die, go ahead and kill me because it'll be the right decision because you've never done me wrong. Woo! <laughs> Look at it again. My Lord the King is as an angel of God. Do therefore what is good in thine eyes. You want to kill me? Kill me. It'll be right. Verse 28. For all of my father's house were but dead men before my Lord the King. Yet thou didst set thy servant among them that did eat at thine own table. What right therefore have I yet to cry anymore unto the king? Ooh-wee, what about that? King David says, well, I tell you what. I've given your servant Ziba the land. You and Ziba have all the land. Y'all take all the land. Look what Mephibosheth says. The king has just ordered a blessing for him. Verse 30. Mephibosheth said to the king, Yea, Lord, let him take all. You know what he just said? Lord, thank you. But what, what need have I with land? I'm just a cripple boy. I can't work it. I can't enjoy it. I can't appreciate it. Why, the way I'm seeing it, this world ain't my home anyway. <laughs> Look what he says. For as much... As my Lord the King is come again in peace unto his own house. You know what he's saying? He said, I don't need anything else but to sit at the table and see my king. <laughs> Smiled at me. I don't need anything else but just to know that you're looking at me. And that's when little old Isla, boy, I had her in my arms. She, she, she put her hand up on my face and just turned it towards her. She's, Papa, you looking at me? Papa, you hold me. Papa, are you, are you smiling at me? Papa, you pay. Hey, my God's paying attention to what we're doing. Amen. It's just me and her. And honey, there's times I feel like it's just me and God. Amen. What we need is a place of separation. Amen. Can you just imagine? Oh, Absalom comes along. He says, hey, Mephibosheth. Oh, that I were made judge. I do you justice. Me and you'd be buddies. You wouldn't have to bow down anymore like you bow to my daddy David. You would with me. You could do whatever you want to do. Mephibosheth says, you think you are going to treat me better than my king? Where were you when I was down there in Lodabar laying in exile going to die? You were nowhere around you don't have anything better for me than my king has already given. 
Well, glory to God, amen. The devil doesn't have one thing better for you than Jesus can give you or has already given you. You need not listen to his advice. You need not listen to his lies. You need not listen to his slander, amen. Just go with God. And when the devil comes, and when he tries to adjust his image, and when he tries to appeal to your pride, when he tries to accuse the king and say he doesn't care, I can do you better, you need to find you a place of service and say I'm too busy to leave where I am to go with the likes of you. You need to get you a place of secrecy. You need to get you a place of separation. And if you could find them places, honey, the devil cannot steal your heart away, man. Hey, man, you stand to your feet tonight. Maybe there's somebody night you ought to come to the altar and say, Lord, help me to recognize. Lord, you've done better for me than the devil ever do. Help me to be true. God, guard my heart. Help me, Lord. I don't want to be stolen by the devil. Lord, I don't even know it myself, but you know it. Help me, God, to be true to you. Would you come tonight? Folks are moving. Boy, I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Help me to be true, God. Woo-wee. <laughs> and it's a running through my soul right now. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless your holy name, Lord. How I thank you. How I praise you. Oh, yes, what a God. You're worthy, Lord, tonight. Oh, God, how I bow before you. How I thank you, Lord. How that egg-sucking dog devil's come so many times and tried to adjust his image and what I thought about him and what I thought about sin and how many times has he accused the king to my ears and said that you don't love me, Lord, that you don't care for me. And, and Lord, if I get in a place of secrecy and a place of separation, when the devil comes saying that stuff, I'd easily say, oh, no, you're a liar because I just talked to him this morning and he just told me they loved me from his word again. Oh, God, I pray you'd help us, Lord, that our hearts would be devoted and true. Look at Mephibosheth, one example, one example of saying, I want to live and be like my king. Oh, God, help us, Lord, that you'd make us every day more like Jesus Oh, that's our heart's desire, to be more like you, Lord. Help us then, God. This world, this, that old devil, uh, they, they, the forces of evil come against us and try to draw and appeal and lure and try to take our heart away from serving God. But help us, God, I pray, to be true and committed. Give us that place of service, Lord. Give us that place of secrecy. Give us that place of separation, God. And for this I pray in Jesus' name, amen.